Hey, welcome back. It's the Mariah Book Report. I'm Martin Burgess. And I'm Dan Enriquez. In case you forgot. I know. It's still us. <laughs> your, good old, your good old boys. We're here. So quickly recapping last week where we left off. We got to know Alfred Roy better. Mm-hmm. Morgan a little more. Yeah. What he gets up to. Mariah's love for Christmas. Yeah. All of that sort of started uh, to come together mm-hmm. last week for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was good. We learned a lot there. Yes. A lot about Alfred, his, the relationship with Mariah, uh-huh. how much time they spent together. Uh-huh. Now we're going to learn about the mother. Yeah. So we've covered the men. We're getting into the women now. Yes. The family yes. in this area. Do you know what else I'm liking about the book that I've noticed is that what connects the fans, Mariah's fans, is music. That's what. That's like the thread that gets the fan loving Mariah, but we're seeing now where the music, the roots of it. Yeah. Almost like, you know, like we, we are, we've been seeing, you know, the tree of Mariah, Mm -hmm. if you will. Now we're looking underground, Mm -hmm. seeing what the roots are doing. Mm -hmm. We're seeing the things that we've never seen before. Yeah. And I think that is why this was the most surprising chapter for me. Yes. Well, yes, we're getting all kinds of family (laughs) turmoil. (laughs) But we're also seeing like more musical roots. Of course, of yeah. course. All of those musical roots, but also to the root of issues that we didn't even know uh-huh. existed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Because we as fans have seen Mariah's mother, Patricia, in the best of terms. Yeah. But that's why... The tree you know, part. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's been, you know, watering Patricia for the public viewing. Yeah. But we see that there are some deep-rooted issues. Some bad roots. Yeah, which mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people have those same things. Girl, I could tell you about my roots. Mm-hmm. Girl, all my roots be dying off, girl. So <laughs> please. But we all have those things. It's just sort of, uh, for, for from the fans' perspective, I wasn't expecting this type of sort of revelation yeah yeah or expecting to learn of these complexities in their relationship right or they even existed exactly mm-hmm. exactly because i'm just sitting here thinking oh mariah and her mother they love each other they sing they blah 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 they do this they do that mm-hmm. and it's it's just you know rough childhood we all know that mm-hmm. but outside of that Everything must be just beautiful and grand. Yeah. And this is where Mariah starts to lay down the foundation because we're going to learn more about Patricia later on, girl. Um, but she, <laughs> she's, I'm glad she put this up in the front of the book because now we, now we are not surprised when we learn about other things later on. But that's for later. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Light of My Life, that's where we're going to start. And I think Mariah choosing the lyrics for The Art of Letting Go. That was a gag. Yeah. Because she released it around the time of her divorce to Nick. Mm-hmm. So I think the fans just thought it was a divorce song. Right. Or like, you know. Or letting go of him. It's of Nick or it's of Tommy or it's about letting go. It was a little Tommy-esque, right? A little bit. In the a little moment. Because remember that one time yes. she was on Jimmy Fallon and she was like, these, you know, make me wear these clothes, blah, 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 yes. blah. So I think this song, now she's showing us that this, this is more than just a breakup song from some husband or some man or some boy. Mm-hmm. You have to read between the lines on this song mm-hmm. because it also relates directly to the uh, like the art of letting go. Mm-hmm. And can you let go? It's your mother. Mm-hmm. Like that is like that is like goodness gracious. Can you even like start to answer that question? Mm-hmm. How do you let go of your mother? Mm-hmm. 
you know? So it's very complicated, and girl, we get into it. I think it's let go of the dream. Well, yes, of course, you know, because that's bringing us straight over to I Wish You Well, which we will talk about in later discussions. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the art of letting go, I thought was a very, it set the tone. Yes. Because we know this This is now going to be a chapter not about, um, my, you know. My lovely mother. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. the butterflies, the rainbows, the, you know, perfect mm-hmm. little, you know, mommy-daughter moments. Mm-hmm. And, so, but, but it's called light of my life, so you think mm-hmm. things are great. It's like, oh, it's so great and so, uh, girl, 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 <laughs> so much. But anyways, it's, it's, a, it's a really well done chapter. She covers a lot of things in it, but let's go ahead and get started. I want to, right off the bat, read a little passage here because at the end of this little passage I'm about to read, I almost hear like Mariah has like a sigh. Uh, she takes a, like, you know, just a deep breath of, uh, she's Release. like he, she's like here we go here we go mm. so Mariah says but ours is a story of betrayal and beauty of love and abandonment of sacrifice and survival I've emancipated myself from bondage several times but there is a cloud of sadness that I suspect will always hang over me not simply because of my mother but because of our complicated journey together it has caused me so much pain and confusion Time has shown me there is no benefit in trying to protect people who never tried to protect me. Time and motherhood have finally given me the courage to honestly face who my mother has been to me. For me, this is the steepest cliff edge. Mm. I think it also says she's realized that Pat is not a good mother. Yes. But she did her best. She did her best. She did her best. But... Mariah's aware now, like, oh, i got to stop thinking of her as she's going to be my mom. Right. I think it was in the Oprah episode. What did Mariah say? She said, you know, I have to stop going to the hot hot dog stand and, uh, you know, ordering ice cream Mm -hmm. or something like that, she Mm -hmm, said. mm -hmm. And I think right off the bat, Mariah says she didn't really understand that Mm. until she had her own children. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, there's truth to that. Mm -hmm. But once we look into Pat's history and her family, you see where that cycle is coming from. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 so let's get into Pat. Let's get into Pat. Yeah. Well, you could just tell it's such a complicated relationship already, just the fact from that opening statement. Even like in that first paragraph, she says, above all, I desperately wanted her to, I wanted to believe her. Mm-hmm. So there's trust, trust issues as well. Mariah will eventually get into all the reasons why she can't mm-hmm. trust and believe her. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can want to do the best that you can, but girl, that the best that you can sometimes just will never be enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot to grapple with. Well, she says, so obviously there's like, so we know there's like, they're moving around a lot. She's divorced from Alfred Roy. The kids, Allison and Morgan mm-hmm. are running amok and doing things. They're living in the shack. Yeah. The quaint little shack. Yes, yes, yes. But this kind of ties into the whole concept of Mariah trying to buy a hot dog at the... <laughs> but, at, the, at the at the ice cream stand. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Look, even after all this time, part of me fantasizes that one of these days, my mother will transform into one of the caring mothers I saw on TV. Like Carol Brady or Claire yeah. Huxtable. Uh-huh. Yeah. The dream of a mother. And you have to let go of that dream. And that is the art of letting go. Mm-hmm. How do you let that go? Because it is your mother who you care for and you want 
the best for, just like I'm sure Pat wanted the best for Mariah. Yeah. Deep down. Well, in a way, it's almost like waking up out of the dream and realizing this person is toxic. Right. This isn't good for me. Once you get to that step, then what do you do? Because it's your mother. We have to figure out. You have to figure out. How to let it go. Girl, sometimes letting it go completely is not always the answer either. Or accepting it. It, Yeah. The situation. Accepting it is, is better. Yeah, like accepting this is who she is. I've got to stop. Hoping, hoping, wishing, praying, different. and dreaming mm-hmm. that it is going to be something else. But let's talk about Pat's history with her family. Yeah, because we get into her backstory and then you can kind of see the root of where her behavior comes from, I guess, or mm-hmm. her personality comes from. Yeah. So uh, Pat's mother, Mariah refers to her as my mother's mother. Grandma. Grandma. But she doesn't call her grandma ever. No. She just calls her my mother's she mother. She doesn't know her. She met her once. Because there's no relationship yes, there. Yes, yes. So Patricia is born into a single mother family because her father dies while Patricia's mother is pregnant with her. Do we ever know how he died? No, I right? don't think so. No, I don't even... I, I would be sure to bet Mariah probably doesn't even know. Yeah. Because there's such a disconnect between... Patricia and her family. So Patricia has like, what'd she say? Two brothers mm-hmm. or two siblings. Mm-hmm. And then it's the mom and three kids. Mm-hmm. And then they also are Irish Catholic mm-hmm. living in Springfield, Illinois, mm-hmm. which was very um, thickly. Uh, Dense with racism. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says here, my mother grew up in the 1940s and 50s. In Springfield, Illinois, it was the capital city at the center of a state, at the center of the country, but Springfield was also the center of insidious institutional racism. Yeah. So that means it's in the culture to the point where, you remember we were talking about this concept of looking normal in the neighborhood? Mm -hmm. You had to be racist to be normal in this neighborhood. Yeah. It, it It was commonly accepted. Yeah. And they also, but then they also start to, Mariah starts to talk about how in the Irish Catholic white families, there's even interracial racism, racism, Mm -hmm. which is a whole thing that I didn't even realize, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it it makes perfect sense. Common with all races. They all have their own interracial racism. Colorism, you're too dark, you're too light. Um, You're not white enough. It's, It's these tiny little nuances that sometimes you don't, stop long enough to really think of. Yeah. Because you think, oh, well, yeah, sure, in the 40s and 50s, yes, it's either black or white, but there's also, within both of those, Mm -hmm. a lot of other racisms going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to unpack. And carry. Absolutely. Carry on down to Mariah. Yes. So Mariah does talk about... Hang on, um, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. ahead. Epiphany. We have Pat growing up in these white supremacist states Mm -hmm. and in a city with... Probably racist friends and family members. Maybe her mother was as well. Was. Well, because was, she disowned her. Was. We, I think we can say that for sure. So here comes mixed black Mariah. Does she unconsciously transfer that racism? Because what else does she know? Right. Sometimes you do it unconsciously. You don't even realize it. Yeah. Because in the book, you know, she talks. Patricia was born... Drinking, learning, knowing that you drink from different water fountains. Mm-hmm. You don't talk to those people. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, the, the worst lowest. of the worst. Yes. Uh-huh. So how do you not transfer that down to your children? How do you undo that? Right? 
because she wasn't in a place of undoing that. There was no Oprah show around. No, no. There was nothing but white people. (laughs) Yes. Just being white. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. So that makes perfect sense. So obviously there is a level of unconscious racism going on here. Mm. That like even Patricia, who, you know, Mariah tells how Patricia was a little girl in school and she would, you know, she would share, you know, her sleeping space with, you know, you know, the black kids. So like Patricia's always been, you know, open, Mm -hmm. open open-minded and looking sort of beyond those things. Mm. But how far beyond them are you really subconsciously? Right. Because in that moment when she's sharing the mat with the black kid, she was taught this is wrong. Mm -hmm. That was the lesson. Yeah. Not, oh, Patricia, you're being so cool and open-minded. She was punished. Exactly. I mean, they say right here, she says right here in the book, Talking to a black man was considered a shame, befriending one, an outrage, carrying on with one, a major scandal, but marrying one, that was an abomination, Mm. an ultimate humiliation. And illegal at that time. Absolutely, and illegal, because I think it was, uh, this is like 1960 now that she's going to marry Alfred. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Mariah questioned questioned that. She says, like, what was her motive? What was her intention? Mm-hmm. Was it to be rebellious or because she believed in no race? Right. And, you know, I think, I, I mean, that is a very valid question. Like, what is the motivation behind Patricia doing this? But I also, I always have to look at things from both sides. What was Alfred's motivation as well? Because he knew that this was something illegal and it was going to cause problems down the line. Yeah, but Alfred's family seemed less bugged by it. True. So yeah, all right, you're right. Because there's like severe racism on Mariah's side. When we learn about Alfred's family, it seems like everybody's sort of around. Mariah can can come over. You know. Yeah, she can hang out with the kids. I mean, but there was, there was also little racism, you know, with the, with um, Addie telling Mariah that this isn't her, your daughter. So there there is stuff there as well. True. I don't know. It's just something to think about. Again, sometimes these things are so complex. There's not always an answer. Mm. But... So Pat kind of leaves the city. She leaves Springfield, Illinois, comes to New York City. I guess like living in New York, you kind of open your mind more. Yeah, you want to wanna, you wanna be around, you know, more of culturally diverse people. Yeah. Obviously, uh, New York's been that for for many, many decades and generations. Right. Um, so she comes to New York, she, not only, you know, to be around more open-minded people, but also for talent. Well, we also learned that Pat, he is... Uh, an aria on the radio or something and she gets that spark mm-hmm. it clicks to her that she, that's something she likes yeah and so she becomes a singer that's where her musical root comes from I grew up in Springfield, Illinois I listened to the Grand Ole Opry on the radio that which was country music but then I stumbled onto a radio station that was the Metropolitan Opera I thought it was going to be another kind of country music And then I heard the most beautiful music I ever heard in my life. Opera thrilled me because it was something so far removed from the music that I was hearing. But she says here, young Patricia had big dreams, many of which she realized. She was extremely gifted and driven, winning a scholarship to the prestigious Juilliard School for Music. 
she would go on to sing with the New York City Opera, making her debut at Lincoln Center. And let me tell you something. You cannot just enroll to this school. Oh, no, this is the highest of high. Yeah, you have to, um, I guess, apply for it, but then you have to, like, audition, and then the committee has to judge your talent and decide if you're even worthy of getting in. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to be, like, talent, talented. Talent, talent. Yeah, you can't buy your way in. Yeah, you cannot buy your way in. No. It's not like just taking a good old SAT. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, ma'am. So, yeah, she has the talent. She does have the talent, and she definitely shares that with Mariah. Mm. Which, you know, when you look at everything of of all the things between Mariah and Patricia, and from where Patricia was with her mother, because there was a complete disconnect, obviously, once, you know, she got married to Alfred. But even before then, I believe that there was a disconnect from Mariah's mother's mother to Patricia Mm -hmm. that carries down. So it's almost like this maternal rejection that keeps being played through. Mm. And the only thing that Patricia knew how to share with Mariah was music Mm. and the love of music. Mm -hmm. Like that was, you know, a lot of times people will be like, oh, you know, what do they say? Uh, You'll buy your child's love, you know, by giving Mm -hmm. them like a toy or, you know, a Nintendo or something. Mm -hmm. But I think by sharing music with Mariah, maybe that was the only way that Patricia knew how to show any level of love Mm. because there was so much neglect in every other aspect Mm -hmm. of that household. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we love Patricia for that, but I think that may be the only thing that she knew how to... What to do. You know, translate through. Well, let's just think back to young Patricia. She's in this racist city. Dad's dead. Mom is probably having, has a job. Right. Three kids to feed. Yeah. Probably working, never home. A single working mother in the 1940s. Yeah. Like, that's wild. Yes. Let's For not, back then, of course, but. Well, let's just remember, even in today's age, women don't get paid the same as men. Uh, so she's probably making hardly any money, probably two jobs, two or three jobs, mm-hmm. trying to feed these kids. She was never home to be a mother. 100% girl mm. right there that's it mm-hmm. you know so well, how do you deal with that you just have to do what you can I bet Pat was home alone a lot for sure yeah. for sure so again Pat is coming from a place of not knowing how to mother yeah because she was probably never mothered yeah yeah so it's all trickling down here it's all a trickle down leaving, yeah probably leaving little Mariah at home was normal for her she's like oh she'll be alright So we see now where the breakdown is sort of coming through this relationship. Yeah. And obviously now with, you know, Patricia, Alfred, a divorce, and then raising mixed biracial kids in neighborhoods that are not as accepting as one would hope. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of turmoil Mm -hmm. still going on. What I do find interesting is that Patricia is rooted in Lincoln Center. Mm -hmm. Let's fast forward to the future and we have Misty Copeland dancing yeah. uh, there at Lincoln Center, being inspired by Mariah's music. Well, yeah. And also, uh, later on in this chapter, we're also going to talk about the Metropolitan Opera with Leontine Price. Yeah. And her being, you know, an African-American woman of such grand stature. Uh-huh. And, you know... The first... Well, Misty first. is the first black principal dancer at, at the Met. And Leontine is the first black... Opera singer. Right. So you you know that it's just been Lincoln Center is just it's just white people, girl. Yes. <laughs> but it's funny that Mariah's in the middle of those two as well. And she didn't go it there. Is. There is sort of like a, a, There's a connection. Root. There's yes. a There's roots. Mm-hmm. Girl, that's all about the roots. Yeah. It's all about the roots. 
But it shows you how pure Mariah's music is too, that it's, it fuses within the Lincoln Center mold or whatever, spirit. Right. We're going to start talking about some of the connections with Mariah's um, sharing of music with her mother. But I do want to touch a little bit about the family dynamic of what I'm like, I'm pulling back for a moment. Look, let's look at the family dynamic of Mariah's whole family. We got, you know, Alfred Roy on this side mm. and he has all the cousins, mm-hmm. the Nana Reese's, the aunts, the uncles, all of that. And then you turn and you have Patricia over here and there's no connection with family whatsoever. Mm. So Mariah doesn't have a cousin, an uncle, a grandma. She doesn't have any of that. Like she tells a story of going to her grandma's house mm. and she can't remember like anything other than this, you know, stiff woman, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no care there's no love there's nothing there it's sort of just like an empty void it's coldness yeah exactly so when you're a little kid and you're sort of looking for you know acceptance or even just to play ball in the street with your cousins or somebody you you have no choice but to turn to your father's side because that's the only family you know Mm -hmm. you don't have like a wide sort of spreading family on both sides. Mm -hmm. All you have is your mother. There's nothing else over there. When we're also going to talk about some of the people that Mariah's mother brings into the mix with all her boyfriends, but we'll save that for a little later on. Yeah. So interesting. It is interesting when you really start to like look at it as a whole picture. Because I'm now wondering, are the other relatives possibly just racist too and don't want to meet Mariah? And and siblings, most likely, absolutely. Well, right? they also tell, they also say that Mariah's mother didn't tell anybody. Yeah, nobody knew. So it's not like you know, Mariah has you know, Patricia's sister is over there in Springfield that knows Mariah even exists, mm. or Allison or Morgan or any of those people because there was nothing. With girl, it's serious when mariah says excommunication mm. if you like marry those types of things it's serious because that happened with my mother as well oh really like, i did not know why there was no connect i did not know why we had no connection to my mother's family and what was the reason because my mother had a, a mixed race baby that she had to give up for adoption what yes girl <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, girl. I know. It's just like who well, you? No, not me. Oh, <laughs> who? She had another son with with one of her friends. You have a brother. Man. Mm-hmm. Do you know him? No. <gasps> I didn't learn. I didn't get the confirmation until I was like my mom had already died. So what? I didn't know. But I now see. Oh, no wonder because my grandfather, my mother's father, how we can drop this on us? Right I know. Now? I don't know why. I just all of a sudden realized that it is a like excommunication. Yeah. For having you know mixed race kids is ser- It's big. Like that happened to me. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't even remember. <laughs> I mean, I remembered, but <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> no. Now we're but, gonna find him. Now, the, okay. Well, we'll talk offline, but because I, I. I did find him, but... What? <laughs> Where is he? He's in the good old uh, suburb Chicago. in Illinois. Illinois? Yeah. Not in... <laughs> what? Not in Springfield. Springfield. No, <laughs> no, we're from Chicago, so we're up north. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like growing up, I didn't know that I had aunts and uncles. I didn't know anything. I just knew my grandmother, but we couldn't even go over to her house 
Rewind. Okay, great. Now we're going to the, the meaning of Dan <laughs> real quick. All right. Hang on. So is he the brother older than you or younger than you? He is just younger than me. So you were already born? Yeah. Had a mixed race sibling. Mm-hmm. Had to give him up. Yeah. Because of the excommunication. Yes. But she was still excommunicated. Uh, like it didn't matter. But she knew she couldn't keep that child anyways. Because uh, we, we were poor, girl. Right. Like she already had two kids. Wow. But yeah. she was So she was still excommunicated no matter what. Yeah. But now that I know all of that, I'm like, oh, well, no wonder we were never invited over for Christmas. No wonder we had, if we ever went to my grandma's house, mm. it was, um, it was like when grandpa, we never even called him grandpa. We called him the grandfather. The grandfather would work and then we would be able to go over to grandma's house. And I would go downstairs and I would watch all my, Mar- my Mariah videos because she had MTV. <laughs> <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> But we had to leave before he came home because we were not allowed to be there. Because Okay, so is he racist? Yes, absolutely. This is how rampant the racism is yeah. in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he... And what year is this? The 80s? This is, well, 80s and 90s. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Because he would be... He's passed away, but he would he would probably be the same age. Well, my grandmother was born in, like, 1930. Okay. So, like, she's Patricia's age. Okay would be my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather was probably around somewhere the around there. So yeah, 80-something. Whoa. Yeah, girl. That's wild. It is wild. It is so wild. I'll tell you, girl, I'll tell you, I could write a book, girl! <laughs> <laughs> but that just goes to show. And you talked to the brother? You no, found I never him? spoke to him. You found him? Um, well, yeah, it's sort of a complicated, it's really strange. But after my mother passed away, I broke into her Facebook account. Okay. And like two days after she passed away, some woman wrote a message to her and she said, are you the blah, 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 who had a son named blah, 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 that you gave up for adoption because I'm his adopted mother? Wait, is blah, 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 like I'm just horrible not saying, words? No, I'm oh, saying oh, oh. names. I just okay, don't want to okay, say their okay. names. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so, and I was like, so I was like, oh my God, this, mo- this woman just like contacted my mom to see like if that she was the woman who gave this child up. Yeah. And she was. But I only knew that because when I was going through my mom's things, yeah. after she passed away, I found all the documentation and I found like a handwritten letter from the adoptive mom and pictures of the baby and all of the girl. I found it, girl. I found it. I'm gagged. Gagged. I know, right? Scandal, girl. This book girl. club has taken a... The book club has <laughs> taken a turn. <laughs> but... It's all just because the point of excommunication from a family and what that can do. Yes. Yes. Because of the color of the skin. Yes. Crazy. It happens. Yes. It happens. In Illinois, apparently. (laughs) Where it goes down. That is not the state to do it. You know, now it's different. But but again, this was in the 80s. Now it's not different. The president is a freaking white supremacist. Of course. What do you mean? But this all happened in the 80s. Yeah. This Ku Klux Klan, this stuff they're talking about, the Klan and all that stuff, they just rebranded. Oh, they're they're, they're, they're still there, girl. Yeah. Oh, trust and believe. They're still out there making actual laws. Yes. Yeah. Oh, none of this has gone away. Right. It's still there yeah. under another word. Right. I think what's good about the book is it's showing you the damage it does right. inside the home. Mm-hmm. Exactly, which is why... Even I to think, whites. Yes, absolutely. To their own people. Mm-hmm. 
that, that was my whole point of bringing all of that up, girl. <laughs> but, you know, because it made more sense to me after knowing that. And, you know, with the complicated relationship between my mother and I, and I don't, we don't even have talent like Mariah and her mother. Yeah. But, like, um, I could see now why my mother was so broken. Mm. That she did not have the skills to raise children. Mm-hmm. Because of her rejection from her parents, mm-hmm. specifically her father. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were completely excommunicated from the family. But similar to what you just said, the racism within the family, same with my mother in Peru, not even in America. Growing up, she was the darker child of the family. Same thing. She's too dark, copped all the racism. She didn't have the skills to be my mother, my sister's mother. Right. Like she, she was a broken mother. Broken mothers Same thing. raising raising children. Trying to raise so children. What do you, yeah. How? What do you do? Yeah. You know because does that what does that create between the mother and child? There's a level of resentment maybe. Which girl? We're going to talk about it too because when Mariah says that Patricia keeps telling her I did the best I could, I was like, girl, that sounds like my mother. Because uh-huh. I'm like, girl, you're going to have to come up with something better than I did the best that I could because uh-huh. <laughs> that's not going to end this conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, back to Patricia Hickey slash Carrie and all of that. Is she still Carrie? She's still Carrie, yeah. Alfred's name. She kept the Carrie? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Um, so, but let's let's start back up there because I want to quickly mention Marilyn Monroe and why Mariah maybe was like connected or like could uh see a commonality between her and herself Mm -hmm. because of the maternal rejection and the the complications of the mother-daughter relationship that Marilyn had with her mother, Mm. which is also why the whole piano thing comes into play. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, Mariah said in the book that Patricia always needed a piano around. So you see how it's all coming together here. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, Let's move on to Patricia and all of her boyfriends. Well, just touching on that real quick, I think when you see Mariah connect to Marilyn, you see yourself, the lamb, the fan, connect Connect. to Mariah. Yes, yes, 100%. So Mariah gets it too, the concept of the fan. Yes. Or someone admiring her and just looking up to her. The idolization and also beyond just the idolization, the um, connection that you can have from someone you don't even know. The effect. And, and how it can touch you mm-hmm. in all kinds of ways and, and change your trajectory in life. Yeah. I think that's what sets her apart from other famous people. Like, I don't want to mention names, but, you know, I don't want to get attacked. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. They're probably not listening to this particular podcast. I hope not. You know, like Madonna is not particularly nice to her fans. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? She, she's not here for... You know, connections, uh, right, and life stories, and all that kind She's of stuff. She's here for nothing but herself. But yeah. you know, we love everybody. Entertaining, that's sure, her job. Of course, Doing honey, her job, honey, please. But you can tell there's not like a lamely around her, right? There's the hardcore fans, but it's like a different relationship. It's a different thing. You can tell I'm a Madonna fan. Oh, girl, you don't have to tell me <laughs> twice. Love Madonna. Love what <laughs> she's too. doing. Me too, actually. <laughs> but uh, can we talk about quickly some of the men in Mariah's life? from what her mother is bringing into her life. Yeah, and do you think this kind of trickles into Mariah's life? This I, idea there of like, has to be a connection, girl. Because again, there's no stable man around. Mm-hmm. It's just one after the other. Right. There's no there's no um mold for you Mariah. You don't have any you don't have anything to go off of. And Patricia never had that. Exactly. So it is this constant, you know, effect. Do you remember I think it was like post 
divorced to Nick. Mariah's got the two kids. There was an article, an interview that she did, and Mariah said something like, you know, at the end of the day, I somehow recreated my childhood. Ooh, I do think I remember her saying something like that. Remember that? Yeah. Like how she was so desperate to not recreate that. Mm. She, first of all, she's done a great job not re mm-hmm. uh, reenacting her childhood with mm-hmm. her own children. We can we know that we can see that. Mm-hmm. But with the divorce mm. specifically, she did not want that because it's like, oh, here I am doing, doing do, what, teaching what, what I was taught and yes, now like yes. doing that. And that was one of I think one of Mariah's fears even going in yeah. to the marriage with Nick. But there's a chapter on that later on. Uh. I don't know. We'll talk about it. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. And I, I like that Mariah can sort of see that. Uh-huh. And and obviously here in the book, she's laying it out a little bit more. This is what that article means now. Right. We're getting more details about mm-hmm. it. But also bringing in this also, Patricia bringing in all of these, uh, you know, gentlemen friends mm. is also making Mariah not feel safe at home. Mm-hmm. Not only does it not represent like a solid loving relationship, because she says, you know, for all these years, her mother never talked about her father. They never, oh, we had sweet moments, you know, like you, there's no pictures of them together. But it also brings in a, another added layer of fear because these men are not treating Mariah's and her siblings and even Patricia properly. Insecurity. Yes. More insecurity. Yeah. More, more pile it on. Why not? Yeah. We only got, you know, a 10-year-old kid here. They could handle it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Because we also um we're moving from house to house too. So we're never having a stable home. We've no got these stability. men in and out. Allison's running them up. Morgan's doing things. Like nothing is stable at all. So, but I do want to touch upon one particular uh gentleman friend of Patricia's who was very interesting. This story of them living in the guest house mm. and uh, well, what about the Lebanese man? Oh, Francois, honey. Francois. Francois. Wasn't he an interesting twist? Well, he possibly was- as like possibly Morgan's father. Now that is so interesting, right? Yeah. Like Mr. what was Francois. that moment? It's funny there's like this blank section of like Morgan and Allison mm-hmm. and early Patricia and Alfred. Missing puzzle pieces, but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't surprise me because of just the dysfunction and like we were just saying, the um uh the breaking down of it all. Yeah, yeah. There's no stability. Okay, Francois, what do you think about that sitch? Well, I think Francois is just a wild character. Right? I don't know him, I don't want to know him, and yeah. I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Francois is not uh he's not what we want. No, but what about this dream of like a rich man to save the day? I know, and Mariah, like you know, being the young girl, she like wants to impress him and do all yeah. this stuff. And then the first thing he comes in the house, and then he's yelling at her, screaming at her. Or yeah, something. isn't that weird? Again, doesn't surprise me. It doesn't. And saying, me. "Where's my son?" in front of I know. little Mariah. Oh, girl, throwing doubt now into the dynamics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's the gun involvement. Of of oh, the uh, guy with the gun, the guy with the gun, yeah, oh, yeah. So Pat is not great with the men. No, she is not. But we do get a nice guy. Eventually, Henry comes along, yeah, and he tries to add some stability into the life of Patricia and Mariah. And he seems like kind of fun, a fun guy to be around. Apart uh, from uh, the PTSD, at first, yeah, at uh-huh. first. 
I, I, what I really liked about that whole thing is number one, we see Mariah's love with animals and the connection that she's always had with animals there. We see it starting as a little girl, Mm. but again, it's, uh, that's probably stemming from all of this fear and unsafety in the family. She needs something. Mm -hmm. So she got a cat with, with Mr. Henry, but also I thought it was really interesting. The visual of vision of love being like a sentimental recreation of the swing that Henry had built her when she's swinging uh, with the garbage underneath her feet. Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? Girl, I would have never known. I would have never thought. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so Henry seems cool because he is a horticulturist. Did I say that right? Yeah. A gardener. (laughs) (laughs) A plant guy. (laughs) Um, that's kind of a cool, interesting job to have. Like, that's a really skilled thing to do, keeping plants alive and growing them. Yeah. I found that line in it, and this kind of ties back to Pat, the line of, um, he grew plants that were taller than me, some of them not legal at the time. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I see what he was gardening. Yes. He was a full-fledged gardener. Which turned into, it was Pat walking around smoking pot. Oh, probably. She's child of the 70s or 60s, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, Pat. Yeah, but also what is interesting about the whole Henry relationship and the structure of it, Mariah talks about Henry's mother as well. Mm. So, like, there was, like, a full integration here. It was almost family-like. Yes. Until Henry snaps. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it's a shame that Henry had those mental health issues. He was a Vietnam vet, so he had obviously had PTSD, obviously to the point where it's scary and threatening the lives. Right. But what do you think about Patricia and that whole situation, letting her run back in to get now, the cat? That was interesting. Girl, he's there with a gun. I know. Do you think she was like low-key thinking, let's see what happens? I don't know what she was thinking. I mean, right. Mariah sort of defends her to be like, well, Hen- my mom know that, knows that Henry cared for me and like he would never hurt me. But he's in a psychotic but, state. Exactly. So he's yeah. not his normal self. And he just was, said, I'm going to chop you up and put you girl, in the fridge. why didn't you? This is another example of there is no protection for Mariah. Mm. Her mother is just, mom, you go in and get the cat. Mm-hmm. Mom, you should have thought about getting the cat before Mariah even came home to this mm-hmm. whole mess. Yeah. Like so, you see that Mariah's mom is she did her bet the best she could, but not quite with it. But you're not, not thinking, thinking right. Yeah, you're not thinking right. You're not thinking about safety. Uh-huh. You're thinking about whatever you're thinking about. But I would like to know what that argument was about between uh, Patricia and Henry. No, I think he was he was having a PTSD moment. I I believe he was. Yeah. But how did that all start? And that just didn't pop out of nowhere because this is a long. You know, they're living together. You Mm. see these signs. You should be aware of these things. Mm. I guess when you know better, you do better. But still, Patricia, come on. Well, back then, nobody talked about mental health. So maybe he was acting unusual or whatever, and she just kind of triggered him, not knowing what she's doing. True, true, true. But that was the end of that relationship. So now here goes Mariah again, lost a man in her life. Mm -hmm. She sees there's Pat can't keep a man. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's the cycle is just continuing. Yeah, there's no structure whatsoever. But he did pay for our second year at camp. Yes, he did, and he was supporting Mariah the best he could. So I do think he there was a level of care from him. Yeah, it seemed like a nice like without all the chaos, it did seem like a nice relief, a breath of fresh mm-hmm. air to just breathe for a minute and right. live. Well, yes, sort of just like um, the Gunkles were. Yeah, as well, like okay. it's that moment of like you know, uh, just where you don't have to think for just a second because when you're growing up in this type of environment, that five hours that you spend at your gunkles Mm -hmm. or just having, you know, a man who built you a swing and like gave you a cat to show those little moments of caring, like that means a lot. Mm -hmm. Obviously it did because Mariah still remembers it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's writing about it in the meaning of Mariah Carey. I wonder if he's still with us. Well, that's what Mariah says. She she says she hopes that Henry made it too. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the story goes that he heard her on the radio and he was excited. And, and when you hear this chapter in the book, when Mariah talks that moment about hoping that Henry made it too, mm. they uh, she obviously lost touch with him. But she wishes, you know, mm-hmm. that he had some sort of happiness after that whole relationship with Patricia. Mm. Also, Pat wanted to be a singer. So she's living a broken dream. Mm-hmm. Which we get into the story about them driving in the car together. Mm. Girl, what about that moment? Mm-hmm. So we said put a pin in that story last week uh-huh. about Alfred Roy and Mar- Mariah driving around singing and laughing together. So just unpin that and pull it out. (laughs) Let's talk about driving in the car with your parents separately. Yeah. And how two different situations they they are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mariah tells a story in the book, we know. But Mariah also says, why couldn't my mom just laugh along Mm -hmm. with me in that moment? Yeah. Because that would have changed so much. Right. Like it just seemed like it really broke Pat. And it broke Mariah. Yeah. So what is Pat thinking? Like, why do you think... So whatever, like your 10-year-old kid is mocking you. Like, so what? Uh-huh. They're a kid, girl. You're supposed to be the adult. You're not was supposed to... Was she a bit to, older, like 14 or something maybe? She was maybe 14. Yeah, you know, teenager. I'm, yeah, I'm throwing ages yeah, yeah, out yeah. here. Don't, please don't. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> she's young enough that she's still the child. Yeah. But why is the mom got to come with that type of negativity towards her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like Mariah even says, she, she, Patricia, stared at me until every bit of lightness faded. Almost growling, she said, you should only hope that one day you become half the singer I am. My heart drops. Still, to this day, what she said haunts and hurts me. I don't know if she meant it meant to cut me down to size or it was just her bruised ego talking. Hmm. Defining moments mm-hmm. between mother and daughter. So here we are, Pat, once again, not taking the role of the adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is impactful in, in, in a negative way. But, so here's the thing. So without, again, without Pat, there's no Mariah Carey today. Right. So we do get to learn how involved Pat was in Mariah's singing career, taking her to the jazz clubs, introducing her to musicians, teaching her the scales. Mm -hmm. Like, she really got that from Pat. Yeah, and Mariah has sort of always given Pat that credit Mm -hmm. for introducing her 
uh, and for allowing her to sort of blossom, yeah. you know, musically. And that's all fine and well. But then you have to also think, taking a step back, that's the only thing Pat's ever done for Mariah. Mm-hmm. Now, is it significant and impactful, not only for their relationship, but also for the world, you know, to have Mariah Carey? Yes, it is. Yeah. But as a mother, you need to be giving more. Maybe this is what the best she could looks like. Maybe this is what it means. Yeah. This is all she really knows what to do. Music. She doesn't know anything else. Yeah. So it's, she's... it's her only way of showing love. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that's what we get. But we get great things. Mariah has great fun in those moments. Yeah, but also she didn't send Mariah to music school like a music institution where they formally train you. Right. She took it to the club. She was around jazz musicians. That's more of a freestyle style of music. So that's kind of where Mariah could find her voice. Right. And her talent. Because it's it's jazz. It's off the cuff. And she's learning like... Improvised. Yeah. And she talks about how learning how to scat and listening yeah, to all yeah. the like old 40s classics and everything. Ella Fitzgerald. I love that she referenced Ella Fitzgerald because when you listen to Ella, you think this is so good. It is like listening to Mariah Carey. Yeah. Sing. And every little thing that she learned, Mariah was talking about, she learned the modulation, she learned scatting, she learned all of these things from people. And it's not in a structured environment. Uh-huh. You know, because I, I bet if Mariah did go to some sort of music school, she wouldn't be able to learn because Mariah doesn't know structure. Uh-huh. She was never presented with any type of structure. That's when, even when she was like taking those piano lessons mm. and the teacher's like, no, 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 you have to read the music. Mariah's like, honey, mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that, but I got an ear and I can do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's too structured. But it also shapes the art. Yeah, because it's more- It changes it. Free-flowing yeah. and and, front, and and internal and natural. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love this line in the book. I was learning how to feel, when to modulate, and when to scat. Being introduced to jazz standards and a jazz discipline gave me my appreciation for sophisticated modulations in a song and how to employ them to communicate emotion. Mm-hmm. That's key because that's one of the most divine, defining things I find about her music when she sings. Look at Faded. She says the same lyric, always somewhere but not there for me. In mm-hmm. the beginning of the song, that is frustrating. Same lyric at the end of the song, she's full on rage. So there's an emotion layer there. And she knows how to communicate that. I'm glad Mariah put that in the book because, uh, you know, you can tell from listening to songs like Faded that uh, she does that. But overall, throughout her music, it shows that she's able to emote this emotion Mm. that a lot of people can't. Mm -hmm. Just because you're up there singing and dancing, you're not emoting that type of emotion. You're not bringing the emotion to it. And that is something that sometimes you might learn in, you know, hanging out with all these jazz people, but sometimes it's also just natural. Mm -hmm. 
And you just, someone needs to just sort of like mentor you with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened with Mariah. And she was able to realize that. So this is on page 51, uh, at the end of the page. By the time I was 11 or 12, my mother was taking me to supper clubs on Long Island to sit in with her and her other musicians. There was a dining room on the ground floor where we would, they would serve dinner. And upstairs was live jazz. So I'm thinking instantly that's the opening scene of Glitter. Because in Glitter, the movie, you do see little snippets of Mariah's real life in there. And mm. that's definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, I, my mind will always go there when I read that little paragraph. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In the jazz club, she kind of feels freer and more, and more natural. So she says this, I felt more welcomed and natural with the jazz musicians at night in the club than with my classmates during the day. Those kids who asked incessantly, what are you? Those kids who judged me by the way I looked and had no idea what my life was really like. Again, Glitter gets to the orphanage. What are you? Are you mixed? Yeah. That was my growing up too. Constantly asking, what are you? You're not and, white. What, what are you? And what does like, a five-year-old say? And you know the consequence of the answer too. I'm black. Oh, you're one of them? Oh, exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you it's want to answer, but you know if you answer, and then it's going to be something else. Yeah. Now everybody looks at you different. Yeah. Because you're going to give me trouble. My mother's got disowned from her family. Like everything gets triggered by that one question. It's a lot. And of course, we already know from reading earlier chapters, Mariah's parents aren't talking to her about these things because they don't know. Like mm -hmm. the whole Becky situation at dad's front door. Mm. There's no right, discussion right, right. around any of it. Right. The Becky situation. Yeah. That comes up every time someone asks you, what are you? What's the react what is the reaction going to be? So she's not comfortable in these classrooms. Number one, they're probably too structured, which we just said, mm -hmm. like, we don't, Mariah doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. But she's also being bullied or intimidated or fearful of mm -hmm. her classmates because she is uncertain mm. of what to say because she doesn't know mm -hmm. how to verbalize that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and even if she did, the answer is going to be controversial. Yes. But I bet in the jazz clubs, she's probably around other black people. Mm -hmm. uh, other musicians are probably bohemian as well, like Pat. Right. But she's also good at it. So she's like, oh, I'm good at this. Right. And she's accepted. You know, she talks about um, Clint, one of the musicians, and how you know much she loves him. And he taught her all these things. And just feeling comfortable. Uh -huh. that, was, that was the only time. It's like Mariah has these moments where she's comfortable as a child. Mm -hmm. And it's usually music-related. Mm -hmm. But you see, they're not always coming from inside the house, though. Right. They're coming from other people. Like, those other musicians are accepting Mariah. Uh-huh. Or, you know, the Gunkles over here are giving Mariah a home. Uh-huh. Or a comfort, comfortable spot. Yes. It's always coming from outside somewhere. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just music my mother exposed me to. She had friends who treated me like family which helped offset all the shabby places we lived and the disheveled way I often looked. So she's probably feeling neglected too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't even, again, she has little concept of it. But I want to quickly touch upon page 53 where she talks about her mom's friend Sunshine. Mm -hmm. Because that seems like a cute moment. And she talks about how her mom's friend, like, you know, is like a little bit of a caretaker. Again, coming from outside of the house, mm -hmm. showing love and support to Mariah. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. She says, like, one time, you know, she was mean to Miss Sunshine and she, you know, feels bad and regrets it. But she could have been, like, an angsty teen or whatever. But also, 
Mariah doesn't know how to treat caretakers because she's never had one. Mm -hmm. She doesn't understand that concept or that role because there's never been any of that. A level of respect. Exactly. Mm. So that, I think, I think Mariah realizes that now. Obviously, that's Mm. why she put it in the book. But I think that's also to be noted as we, like, finish out this chapter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another moment that Mariah talks about you know, after the car ride and everything like that, we see how her mother can break her down and has broken her down. Well, she also highlights this kind of like, now it's become like a competition. Jealousy under the surface there. There's, you know, probably um, all kinds of things going on. Yeah. Between the mother and the daughter. Yeah, yeah. And so she doesn't feel like her mother is on her side. Uh-huh. Not that she sort of ever was, because she's always putting her in these weird situations. Mm. And that's why I love how Mariah sort of ends this chapter with a letter from Leontine Price. Mm-hmm. Who we were speaking about a little bit earlier, who is somebody with high regard in the musical world and more notably the opera world where her mother comes from. Okay, don't want to be shady, maybe achieved what Pat wanted to achieve? Well, yes. Leontine Price had everything. Mm that Patricia wanted. Mm. Everything. And I think that's why Mariah included this letter. Well, it's interesting because here's Pat who wants to be the opera singer and now Mariah, who's not an opera singer and did a career on pop music, if you will, she's now mingling with these opera singers. Pavarotti, Leotine Price, they're like appreciating her music. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. The the interesting thing is that Leontine Price and Patricia did know each other because they Mm. had the same vocal coach. Mm. But when Mariah went to sing with Pavarotti, who is a legend in the opera world, Mm. even though her mother has done all these things to sort of, you know, break her down, whether it was malicious or not, it happened. Mm. But here's Mariah bringing Patricia all the way to Italy so she could meet Pavarotti and have an amazing time. Mm. And it's like, here's Mariah going that extra step that a mother should actually be going the extra step, like going in that house and getting that darn cat Uh instead of sending your child in there. Yeah, but maybe that's Mariah hoping Pat will wake up. Well, that's where we started with this chapter. Mariah has this dream, this idea of one day her mother will change Mm. and she won't. Mm -hmm. She won't. Mm-hmm. But good on you for trying, Mariah, because that's what you yeah. want. Even Pavarotti singing my song didn't do it. Nope, didn't. And I love that Ugh, Mariah in that gown, mm-hmm. the, the that good hair, song, the good. Oh, just beautiful, yep. beautiful. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, okay, so let's. I want to end really quickly about the whole Leontine thing and the the words that she spoke with Mariah or to Mariah, or she wrote it in a letter actually, mm. and it's so beautifully written. Mm-hmm. And that is what you want to hear, not from you know. It's great to hear it from an, uh, a legendary diva of the opera world, but you want to hear it from your mother. Mm. That's what you want to hear it mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. But it'll never happen. Mm. I didn't think of that. I know the Leotine letter is super special. Very. And there's nothing that she'll ever get that's like it. There's no award, no, like, what's she going to get, a presidential award or something? Like, right. Who cares? But you have a, it's a, these a, an things expert. that matter yeah. more than a Grammy uh-huh. or, you know, a trophy. Yeah. Because there's heart and there's soul in there and there's, um, there's honesty. Yeah. There's recognition. Mm-hmm. All of it. All mm-hmm. of it. The letter's beautiful. So the chapter closes out... Having people 
you love, be jealous of you professionally comes with the territory of success. But when the person is your mother and the jealousy is revealed at such a tender age, it's particularly painful. I was going through some some heavy shit then, and for her to expose her insecurity to me in that way at that time was damaging. I'd already had so many years of insecurity around my physical safety. Though a subtle, brief moment, this was the first blow in a long line of times when people close to me would try to put me down, put me in my place, underestimate me, or take advantage of me. But she, above all, was the most devastating because she was the most essential. She was my mother. I think when she says the most devastating, it's because it's done. Mm-hmm. The bomb is gone. Right. Like the, like the damage cliff. is done. The cl- She has fallen yeah. off. She has jumped off the cliff, like she was saying in the beginning yeah. of the chapter. Yeah. It's it's there. Yeah. This is it. This mm-hmm. is what her mother is, and she's accepted it. Mm-hmm. And now she can start to reconcile it. Right. Put the pieces back together. And that's that's called growth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all should be aiming for. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy and proud of Mariah for this chapter and like letting it all out. There's a lot. We don't have to circle back and revisit this yes, one. There's a lot in here. We barely even touched on the Maryland moments and, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of other little things. But, you know, we got this book forever now. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It'll be good. So um, thank you all for tuning in. Yes. Uh, We'll be joining you next week, I guess. Absolutely. We'll see you then. More book report.